1: four a blink of madness dark wings bristle and flap as sails in a hurricane smoke envelops the world and cyclones in twisters around my body through the haze I see their silhouettes Shrinking and ever-distant as my organs expand and flip and I am changed. As the smoke thins and they return to full view, I am witness to a world as glimpsed through the wrong side of the looking-glass, infinitesimal and cast in miniature. I stand swaying above the fungal field, towering my former terrorizers, the great conflagration only an ember against my toes. The gaunts evacuate... Their plight diminished as they scatter from this giant and hunt for easier prey. My new stature provides me perspective. A way to see the ancient and twisting forest that surrounds me as though I am placed in a cornfield. My head almost brushing the tops of the canopies. Colourful and fancy birds take wing. Mammals scatter at my new gigantism. And yet it is only a momentary reprieve a small glimmer of sanity amongst madness before reality finally breaks and I am returned into a state of unknown. It begins with a step, a small feat that I had once mastered when I was no more than a babe, perfected in growing years and taken for granted. My bowels roar as I digest the mushroom, and rather than finding solid ground beneath that step, I find liquid gold that submerges my toes and claims heels, and instead I tumble, fall, rotate, slip into the melted works of watercolours, fungi and rainbows, slip into oils and a weightless world, cross into the upside down, and free float among the neon trees that wave and bristle and undulate like pondweed. I am free, free to drift and free to glide, An addict's smile stains chapped lips, pupils claiming dominion of sclera, as I soak it all in, hallucinate, play witness to a world never before witnessed by human blood as creatures of myth and imagination dart and play and frolic and dine and copulate in the cracks between worlds. As I float away from the fast shrinking field below, the antelope graze and migrate. Composed of deep aquatic blues, and with more legs than must serve function. Tubular horns bedeck their flanks, and they munch with multiple heads armed with long invading tongues. Great birds the size of emu and ostrich flutter in the sky, wings like insects, and hooves made of platinum. As distance grows between what land I knew and what universe I do not, I see great gods surrounding our world orbiting the galaxy like planetary satellites, and know that these beings play both guardian and predator. Colossal creatures of invisibility and maddening impossibility that could erase earthbound existence in a single blink. Gods composed of plasma and stardust, sweeping tendrils and appendages that writhe and explore and search and stalk. In the places where faces should exist are only vapid darkness, And at once I know what it is to understand a black hole. And still I float into emptiness. Still Earth shrinks to marble as I grow. Grow to a magnitude that belches laughter and widens eyes. Vomit excitement and fear into the cosmos that erupts as mineral and antimatter that births stars and devours planets. Clutch my aching stomach with arms that stretch into light years. And it is only in this rage filled dizzying euphoria that the beginnings of legend and myth fall away, and in their absence I see it at last, hovering there in infinitum, in that vast stretch of void-filled universe, a god of untamed power that has stretched the expanse of time and of which I know that I will only ever witness a fraction of its whole. The Great Eye. Staring at me with unblinking wonder. Inside its gaze is the beginning and the end of time. Hidden in the eternal darkness of its pupils, I watch as light erupts and matter breaks and planets form and oceans birth and cities rise and empires fail. And somewhere amongst it all, I see the future as if it were the past and it will always be the present. Elder gods and great old ones slither along its lens, trapped like goldfish in a bowl, and as the great eye blinks, my reality shatters, and in my inner eye I see what may soon come to pass, a red queen sigil, a burgeoning army of monsters and mutilations breaking across dimensions, the freeing of unnameable, unaccountable gods that would snap their fingers and reduce our world to dust. I see Henry devoured by a mouth composed of teeth and tongue and boil, and a planet rubbed between monstrous fingers into rubble. I see my mother and father held captive in chains and tossed into the ether by giant, unyielding hands, and a young girl, blonde, dying under the rule of the Red Queen of Hearts. The great eye opens. The world falls away. All sound is lost all sensation is memory all that was is I and in the afterburn of its immense visage I see a book the size of continents pages that turn with sweeping gales and raging hurricanes opens to a page of wonderland pauses melts away and I am alone and I am shivering no not alone I am with me a reflection come manifest standing in the black void she approaches the other Alice she is me but she is not me I am her but I am not her she smiles I smile. She blinks. I blink. She opens her mouth to speak. Screams. Dissolves. Is lost. Gravity rushes back with the blind anger of inherited vengeance, and I shatter, collapse, fall into darkness, laugh, cry, sleep, sleep. Sleep. Awaken to a silent world, a cold world, a ghoulish world of the dead. Cautiously I rise, pushing against starved earth with hands now unblemished by cut or scrape or bruise. I examine my body for ailments, yet the only evidence I find of what came before are the tears and rips in fabric and the scorch marks that hem my dress. It is small relief, however, my mind struggling to process the hallucinations and psychedelic marvels witnessed from the incredible fungi's power. I glance skyward, searching for the great and cosmic eye witnessed in my dream state, and find only stars winking back at me. For the first time, I wonder if we are truly alone, and if each blazing sun is or was ever once a titan floating in the ether. A shake of the head confirms that I do not desire answers. It is too much for such a fertile mind to comprehend. Once calmed, as much as one can calm, following the turning of an immeasurable illusory wheel, I direct my attention to this new chapter of my adventure. Long for sun-soaked beaches and radiant forest, a skin prickles with chill, and I take my first steps among the cracked graves and broken tombstones that speckle a graveyard stretching so far in each direction that I am left to wonder how I arrived here without my own knowledge and which path I am yet to take. For there is no clear path in either direction to see, the unkempt patches of browned grasses and long-dead spectators. A low-lying fog covers the sight like a blanket, and I am left with no option but to wander aimlessly ahead. I walk with reverence among the buried corpses, absorbing the respite of event from this nonsense world. Though my skin shivers and my hair stand to attention, I am grateful for this reprieve. I inhale long reams of cool mist, studying each grave that I pass as some internal compass gives me heading. I see names that I do not recognise... some that I do, and I force myself to believe that what is written is not the truth of this world, that all that I have seen is not truth made reality, that all that I have tasted and smelled and touched and heard is not all made truth.
2: Who can you trust when you cannot trust yourself?
1: Wake up, Alice, I mutter to myself as my lip warbles. Yet my intent to complete this absurdist mission is inflamed wake up from this garish hellscape please yet whatever command i have over my quivering limbs and melting mind is dumb and blind and i continue onward fighting to not flinch at each imagining of clatter and sound in the darkness at each imagined shape that dances in the far reaches of the mist at each pebble that stabs my souls it makes me think of eyes and mouths and tongues and hands that claw at my ankle with intent to drag me on down into the gullet of trees. We're all mad here. I shake my head from the voice that is not mine, it is my own inside my head. No, mad people live in an asylum.
2: And where do you think you are right now?
1: I read the stones aloud, alarmed at the futility of my own voice. Thomas Edlin, beloved father of Cynthia, Howard, Edward and Rose. Husband of Patricia Edlin, aged forty-five.
2: Poor, poor man.
1: Winifred Uxbridge, gone but never forgotten. Aged ninety-four years. The worms feast upon us all in the end. I speak louder, if only to drown this invasive dialogue that accompanies each dictation Here lies the body of Ebenezer Scrooge.
2: Ebenezer? (laughs) Even you must now know that madness has finally claimed you. No. Fiction is not reality. Go away. Go where? Where is left to run, Alice? How can you outrun yourself when you are bonded by blood and static and spit...
1: I clench my teeth and swallow dryly, doggedly pressing on. Try not to become overwhelmed at the volume of the dead that lay here, and the lack of the living. In this world I float like a spectre among them, wondering what it is I look for, and what form the key to escape may take. As I involuntarily increase my pace, I am thankful that the invasive voice has retreated, yet their words still ring inside my head like an echo hollowed into the pits of despair. We are all mad here. And then I see it, looming out of the fog like a ship in the night, a sight which I have never seen but which I know I have been looking for since bestowed with my existence, a gravestone standing like a monument among its brethren, an altar of sorts proudly displaying its artistic fervour like the feathers of a peacock. Black and white marble is fashioned into shapes of strange deities and forgotten saviours. And it is as I approach the steps of the dais, and my heart pounds and the world holds its breath. My vision tunnels on the square block that stands central to the display, a stone box with a great eye carved into its face. As I grip shaking fingertips to the lip of its lid, I feel the weight of my burden holding the object down, fighting to keep its secrets. With struggling arms and knotted muscles, I pull as the stone lid creaks protest and yield to the world. I shift the block enough to glance inside and find a bed of black velvet and white dust. Nothing more. Only the imprint of where a book may once have lain.
2: You're too late, Alice.
1: I hear the voice that was inside my head speak outside my head, and as I spin to face my guest I am met with expected absurdity. A great cat, bipedal and reminiscent of sphinxes and felines of Egyptian myth, stands at the foot of the dais. Her skin is black and furless, her head and clavicle crowned with jewels of purest gold. While her flesh is bare, A fine skin of unknown leather shrouds her waist and as I drink in the majesty of this creature I understand the face of my kin buried inside its facial features Mother? She stares at me with a studious gaze unflinching at the mention of our possible connection
2: You are a long way from home, Alice I nod I know not what else to say they have come, beaten you to your goal, taken that which you seek and which shall put an end to all of madness. Her voice is silk, soothing to hear outside of my own mind.
1: So it's over, I ask. The Queen has won. She cast me a pitying gaze, and I've never felt so young, so unwise to the world. No. No. No? A long inhalation, an impatience to my naivety, as she blinks and evaporates into a cloud of black smoke. When she speaks again, the voice is behind me, and I turn to find her sat
2: coyly upon the stone ornament. Those who have come on, not those whom you should fear. Your enemies will soon arrive, of that there is no doubt. But for now... Your secret is as safe as one can be when you hand an idiot the fragile glass of your existence.
1: I do not understand. Who are they of whom you speak? What is your name? She grins, wide and terrifying as teeth bare and tail
2: whips. Are you mad, Alice? Excuse me? Are you mad? No she laughs (laughs) i growl are
1: you quite certain i consider the question already growing tired of riddles and wanting the answers i seek i am certain she turns up her lip nods blinks vanishes appears at my feet curled around my ankles as a low pearl rumbles in her stomach to you blink smoke appears behind me hands clutching my shoulders i gasp and pivot meeting her nose only inches from mine
2: it will not
1: do you well to cling
2: to sanity in wonderland alice only in the lunacy of this land can you find true escape
1: I reply through gritted teeth, forcing myself to forget my fish father, crying an ocean of my own tears, the pursuit of the wasps, the burning of the nymph, and the vision of a blinking cosmos.
2: I am not mad. That is maybe. My cat mother replies. Though those you face next will test your resolve. Of that I am certain. She takes a step back and raises a thin arm to the distance. Those who have claimed your prize reside in an eternal loop of endless infinitum. The rabbit has delivered unto them.
1: My ears prick up. Rabbit, my cat mother continues undeterred.
2: Soon you will wish you may return to this graveyard, where evidence lies around you that time is not immemorial, and consequence must follow. All action. There is no meaning in the land where eternity survives. You mentioned a rabbit. What rabbit? Have you seen my brother?
1: I urge. Frown. Take in the feline musk of her odor. She grins, cocks her head, chuckles, and she is gone, evaporated to smoke. I am once more alone. Thoughts and wonderment of her words cycling through my mind as I wonder that my rabbit brother has been here, that I am truly on track to progress. How long ago had he come? How much further is he ahead? What is his purpose in this narrative unfolding beneath my dirt caked feet? In the absence of my cat mother, I stare longingly at the crypt of marble and find the lid has been replaced. It is now perfectly united with the stone, though I have no memory of returning it. The graveyard silence pounds against my aching head, and as my stomach protests and I swallow desert, I turn in the direction she once pointed. A light beckons in the distance, a breaking beacon among this place of decomposition, empty-handed. But with the witness of Henry's recent visitation, renewing my resolve, I walk on and into the light.
0: We hope you enjoyed this special Halloween episode of The Other Stories. Find out more about us and join our exclusive community at theotherstories.net. Dream was written by Daniel Wilcox, with audio production by Jimmy Horrors. Georgia Cook plays the role of Alice. Samantha Frost plays the role of Cat Mother. With theme music provided by Duncan Muggleton and artwork by creativeparameter.com. For a full list of contributors, including contact links and further information, check out the show notes of this episode. Finally, a special thank you to this episode's sponsors. Shadow and Spice Book Box. Quarterly subscription boxes for lovers of fantasy, horror and dark romance. Sign up now at bookboxcanada.com And Eerie River Publishing, an independent publishing house specialising in dark fantasy and horror. Find out more at eerieriverpublishing.com The Other Stories is a production of the story studio of Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No-Derivatives License. Don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the heck out of it.